Banging on a trash can. Drumming on a street night. Nematodes. on a banjo. A little voice is calling me, calling me. You remember the sound that the nematode makes? It's been 20 years. It's, it's been too long. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast brought to you by Affable Idiots. What's up? I'm Chad Michael Ennis, one of your hosts, and we have here Adam Needs More Allowance Gumby from the beats. Hello, I need more allowance for Guillermo, please. <laughs> Very good. If you've been following the meta of this podcast, we are balls deep in what we do in the shadows content. Uh, Adam watched the movie and is now watching the show. And I went the other way, where mm -hmm. I've watched the show, and I'm now, I just finished the movie, and now I'm watching Wellington Paranormal. Uh, very good content. It's very good. I enjoy all of it. You did it backwards. I did it the right way. Oh, it's, and what's this, this in your hand? What is this? Is this is this Mountain Dew Zero Sugar Spark Raspberry Lemonade Flavored Soda Refreshing Drink with other natural flavors? Well, yeah, it is. And it's delicious as fuck. Mm, it's very good. Mm. I love it as well official sponsor of the show they pay us no money and we shovel their shit down your throats you can catch us on sunday evenings usually at like 8 30 eastern time we're a little early tonight because adam's got shit to do and mm -hmm. uh if you want to catch us on demand and not be in our chat and not be one of the cool kids and not see us on twitch you can do that on youtube and podcast services tuesday mornings 9 a.m eastern We've got some shit to talk about. You got ghost wires all over Tokyo. You're running into them like spider webs and shit because you can't see them. And they're just like, oh, God, it's on my face. I'm in Tokyo and it's there's ghost, ghost wires. wires all over me. We've got uh, Stadia is getting a 21-gun salute right in the face. All 21 bullets right pajam pajamas. But we're going to start today by talking about Sony buying Bungie. Huh? What? Qua? Huh? Twa? You likely have already heard this because in true fashion, the last couple of weeks, all the biggest news happens immediately after we record this podcast. So it's been about a week. But uh, the, the information we're going to go through actually comes from several sources. So just like do a Google search for Sony and Bungie together in the same and you'll find it. <clears throat> That's you. You burped, not me. Not you, Adam, <laughs> but you, the listener. You burped. Yes. Sony is buying the Halo creator and Des Destiny developer Bungie in a deal valued at $3.6 billion. GamesIndustry.biz was the first to report the deal, which will make Bungie become an independent subsidiary, with air quotes, of Sony Interactive Entertainment. We've got some information here, a ton of information, and then we'll come back and we'll discuss it. Bungie will continue to release multi-platform games going forward. And the company will have the option to, quote, self-publish and reach players wherever they choose to play, GI.biz reported, though maybe not Stadia in the near future. SIE <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> president and CEO Jim Ryan said, we've had a strong partnership with Bungie since the inception of the Destiny franchise, and I couldn't be more thrilled to officially welcome the studio to the PlayStation family. Bungie boss Pete Parsons said of the deal, quote, both Bungie and SIE believe that the game worlds are only the beginning of what our IP will become. Ooh, big hints there. Mm. Parsons also spoke about how Bungie wants to expand beyond games and become a global multimedia entertainment company, though Bungie has not announced any non-game projects. Parsons also stressed that Bungie will continue to have creative freedom and the ability to chart its own future after being acquired by Sony. 
Quote, we will continue to independently publish and creatively develop our games. We will continue to drive one unified Bungie community. Our games will continue to be where our community is, wherever they choose to play, Parsons said. Appearing on the official PlayStation podcast, Herman Hulst said Bungie has succeeded and prospered in the live service category, which is no easy task. Sony wants to do much more in this space, just recently announcing plans to launch 10 live service games by 2026, so snapping up Bungie aligned with its goals. And finally, head of GamesIndustry.biz Christopher Dring shared in a tweet that PlayStation president and CEO Jim Ryan claims fans should be expecting further acquisitions from the gaming giant. He stopped short of sharing any further information on which publishers Sony could be looking at acquiring. However, it's safe to say that there are plenty of options available. Pause. We're going to get a little bit yes. more to like the game industry buying shit. Just talking about Sony and Bungie. Adam. What's going through your brain right now? What's running through your mind, girl? Your legs getting tired? My legs are strong as fuck. I'm good. <laughs> so it was a big deal. And again, of course, right after we recorded, basically the next morning, and it was huge because it's like, hey, Microsoft did $70 billion for this. And it's like, well, what's Sony going to do? They're not going to they don't have to buy anybody is like exactly what we were saying. And then they're like, hey, how about we buy Bungie uh, for $3.6 billion? Big deal, especially for people like you. I assume most people seem to, people who play Destiny on console play on PlayStation, so it makes sense for them to acquire them. But that whole morning, I was like, what does this mean? Because I was like, first I was like, okay, they bought the studio. The studio only has one IP, but it's a big IP, so it makes sense why you would spend $3 billion for them. But then immediately afterwards, they were like, oh, we're going to keep being multi-platform and self-publishing. So I was like, wait a minute. I mean, that's good for gamers, but what would be the point? Why would you spend $3.6 billion just to have somebody... Just, it's like, oh, I'm going to invite my side piece over to the house. It's like, well, you know, it's your side piece. You don't, you're not getting married. Why is she in the house? What are you doing here? <laughs> um, so I thought that was interesting that we got more reports as it went on. It's like, hey, Sony's like, we know we do single player narrative games very good, but we want to do games as a service. That seems like a thing that's important. It's like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. And then Bungie's like, we want to make things outside of games, aka TV and movies. Well, that makes sense. You'd want to partner with Sony Studios. So it started to make sense as the time went on. But just buying Bungie and not having any exclusive to me made zero dollars by zero dollars made zero cents. Yeah, which are a kind of coin. Uh, <laughs> why you would buy them? But as the time went on, I think it made a lot more sense, and I think it's probably a good deal for everybody. I'm assuming it helps Bungie, um, you know, be more financially secure and continue to do what they do, and then Sony gets the resources that they need to make games and services. It appears. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I was kind of with you at first, where I was like, it doesn't. I don't understand, like, why buy them at all? If you're, you're going to let them independently publish, you're not going to take any money from them. It's going to be multi-platform. It's not going to earn you, like, street cred by having an exclusive on your console. Like, why even do it at all? But then, you're right. That What I, what I realized with that statement, especially saying in the next, like, four years, we're going to have 10 live service games. Like, Sony's actively said several times over the years that that's a big hole in their lineup is they don't have any, like, big multiplayer online games. And uh, so having one of literally like the biggest filling that gap, I think about the same, the same way they brought in, what was the name of that com the company they just bought for PC ports? Next. Yeah, I, they do PC ports. I forgot the name. Yeah. Of the Whatever about. company they just acquired last year, obviously porting things to PC is a big concern, is a big like thing that developers at PlayStation want to do. So Sony's like, cool, let's bring on some experts to help us make that transition. This kind of seems to be along that same route where we want to release 10 games. We don't really know what we're doing. We've never had success in that area. Let's bring on someone who 
has started with Halo, like something that like a type of game we're very familiar with. And then they went and they learned a ton of shit over a decade about how to build out a live service game. And they stumbled. They had a lot of stumbles, but it is now like one of the biggest, most well-supported things. So obviously, yeah, let's bring in their expertise and help us get all these other things uh, up to speed. But the other part of it that I realized that uh, didn't quite um, like make sense for me or or click until I was on Pixel Street podcast this week. Uh, go check out that podcast; they're really great. Um, they we were talking about it, and uh, I already forget the other guy's name who was on there with us. Tucker, Tucker, Tucker. Yes, Tucker brought up the fact that they they now have access to Sony Studios and PlayStation Productions. And that's something that Bungie has mentioned several times that they want to do. They want to make Destiny a bigger thing than just the games. And in fact, last September, they even hired somebody specifically with that in mind to like make relations with uh, different production studios and like shop this and basically try to figure out what this IP would look like in movies and television and comics and all that kind of stuff. So what an, a perfect pairing for them to have all of PlayStation and Sony's expertise in this. And Sony is now like, they just said PlayStation Studios, but technically their first thing they're launching with is this Uncharted movie that's coming out in two weeks, uh, right at my birthday, February 17th. That's uh, when I was born, and I'm going to celebrate that again this year. So they, like this is their first thing. They're looking to pump a lot of money into it, really support these, make really high-quality products. And Bungie's like, dope, we have this really successful IP, and we want to make movies out of it. Perfect pairing. Great. So it's starting to make more sense to me. I'm not really seeing necessarily where the money's going to roll in until when these things hit big. Like, think about Spider-Man. Obviously, Destiny's nowhere near as big as Spider-Man is, but Sony took a Marvel property and now has, like, its highest grossing movie ever was Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm sure they're like, we want to start putting that kind of care into everything that we do. What big things can we make that happen with? So, I mean, after Venom and Venom 2, mm -hmm. Made so much money. I Sony's saw Venom like, two, we can do whatever three we times want. in theaters. Three times. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? Well, one of them was because I saw the movie and it was dope. Another one was because I wanted to see it with two other friends who I thought would think it was dope. And another one was to win a girl over and it worked. So three oh, times. Yep. The Venom girl. <laughs> there we go. She was uh, like, I want to see this movie. I was I'll like, say- I've seen it twice, but I will 100% see it again with you if you want to see it. We will do this. Absolutely. The last thing I will say, Spartacus in case whatever that service or whatever that ID may be, if they're like, hey, Destiny expansions are free on PlayStation. Yeah. That's another big win. If that's what, I don't know what Spartacus is, but that could be cool. Yeah, that's another thing that, like, as a creator, not me, I'm not speaking of me, but Bungie, as a creator, making really awesome, amazing content, they obviously want people to play it. Like, people don't make, there are people at the heads of these companies that say, yes, we want to make this really cool thing so that it sells and makes money. But, like the artists and the designers and the people who are making this game are making something cool that they believe in and they love and they want the most people to play it as possible. And so if they can strike a deal to have Sony foot the bill and say, yeah, we're going to make all of your future content free to PlayStation customers or PlayStation Plus subscribers or whatever it might be going forward, that is suddenly like a huge percentage of their user base that is on the newest, latest and greatest. They have a large user base now that they can like push new content to and be excited to have all of these people playing all the latest shit. Um, which helps them from like a marketing perspective because the more people playing it, the more word of mouth, which means other people on other platforms will buy it, even if the PlayStation people are getting it for free. 
It also means they don't have to support old shit as much because everyone's going to be on the new shit or the majority of the players will be on the new shit. So it's kind of a win-win for for both of them a little bit. Makes a lot of sense now. I was really confused when I first mm-hmm. heard it Monday morning and now I'm just like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Time heals all wounds, Guillermo. Is that correct? <laughs> wounds. Um, we're going to continue this story a little bit by talking about purchasing in the industry as a whole. Starting now, a question with, for you. Yeah. Do you want me to to read this? Because I basically compiled a bunch of random quotes and things that were said that do you, uh, so Go it makes it. sense yeah. to me, but I don't know if just reading it makes Go sense to you. So what I did again, we had the Activision acquisition. We had Bethesda. We had, of course, Bungie was the newest one. And I was thinking, and I've heard on multiple podcasts that people are like, it, they don't necessarily think that it's like, oh, Xbox and uh playstation are just fighting each other just because they want to just take away games from other people they're like we think this is probably a bigger problem like as a tech industry as a whole and then there's a lot of quotes i have here that maybe support that so maybe it's just another way to think about um acquisitions compared to just oh they're buying stuff so you can't play it on the other box so i've got some quotes that i think kind of back that up so bobby kodak this was again these are all over the place in timeline but when Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard. Bobby Todick uh, gave an interview. He, the reason he said they sold to Microsoft, as you look at the increasing competition between Tencent, NetEase, Sony, and now you have Google, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Microsoft, and Netflix. We were looking at over the course of the next couple of years and starting to realize that we needed thousands of people to be able to execute against our production plans. So basically, Bobby Kodak's like, hey, it was going to be hard to compete when we're going up against Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Tencent. No one ever mentioned Tencent. They're just like the biggest video game company in the world. So Bobby Kodak was like, we went, again, he was also blowing smoke because he's, he made a bunch of money and whatever. But maybe there's a little bit of truth in here. Um, so some more news that happened this week. Uh, 2022 has been a big year already with mergers, acquisitions, and funding in the video game space. And that continues today with news that Saudi Arabia's wealth fund is investing in Capcom and Nexon. The Kingdom's Public Investment Fund has announced it acquired 5% stakes in Capcom and Nexon, which is combined investments in both uh, companies reaching $1 billion. So, some random fucking company in Saudi Arabia Arabia bought 5% of Capcom. Just like, hey, we're dudes with money. This looks like a good investment. Hmm, another thing. Mega corporations just seem to be buying things that they hope to make them money. Um, And these next things are... This next thing is a... Quote from Phil Spencer. And Nintendo is not going to be doing anything that damages gaming in the long run because that's the business they're in. Sony is the same and I trust them. That's all coming from Phil Spencer. Valve's the same way. Um, and then that's the end of the quote. Amazon or Google, Amazon, and Meta, parent company of Facebook, have a mixed history with gaming. Amazon has canceled several games and even New World seems to be struggling after its initial success. Meta wants to fill their metaverse with ads and Google doesn't seem to know what it wants to do out of gaming. Again, we have a story on Stadia later. And then there's also a really good article. Um, it's an opinion piece. Uh, it's called Suggested, uh, or it's not a console war, it's a content war, and that is on IGN. So just Google that. So I think it's really interesting. Everyone's making these points. It's like, I don't necessarily think that, especially with Bungie being like, we're still going to put our games on every platform. And Microsoft saying, again, I don't really know if they're going to keep everything exclusive, what they're going to keep exclusive, but they were like, we would like to keep stuff we would like to keep Call of Duty where it is now. We don't want to take that away from people. That's what Phil Spencer said. Again, we'll see what that actually means. And then with all this, you know, people were like, we're, we're terrified of these giant conglomerate tech companies. So I'm like, I wonder if all these acquisitions are people just trying to protect 
their video game industry and not just having Saudi Arabia and Amazon just buying everything and taking things away from people. Like, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing to think about. There's a lot of information on it. I would suggest people maybe think about that instead of being like, oh, they took my game from my favorite console. Maybe they did, but maybe (laughs) they took my job. Maybe they did, but maybe it's something bigger. So I think there's a thing to keep an eye on in the future. Yeah, I think as we start to see, we saw Minecraft with the acquisition of Minecraft. It was like unheard of that Microsoft owns this game and it's going to be on other platforms. Oh my God, that's wild. And then it started happening more and more. We saw Minecraft Dungeons. We saw MLB The Show. It's a PlayStation game that's on other consoles. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And now, like, it's not a given that a company owns a game or a franchise and an IP and it's going to be exclusive. Like, the Bungie, everything they do with Destiny and moving forward will be multi-platform. Like, Call of Duty seemingly maybe will continue coming everywhere else. It's like... I think you're right. It's not all about just taking shit away from you or taking shit away from other people and making it, locking it behind a, a box. It's about, you know, consolidating and, and protecting our place in the industry and making sure that like the right people have control over things. Yeah. Cause you, could you imagine like, again, people got mad and one way or the other, if you have one console, another console, whatever it's like, Oh, Activision got bought by Xbox. Oh my God. This means maybe I'll lose call of duty. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. I'm hoping you don't, but we'll see. But could you imagine if fucking Meta bought Activision Blizzard? If fucking Google bought Activision Blizzard? You, what what would that be? It'd be like, oh, uh, it's exclusive on this uh, service we're going to support for a year and then kill. And then now Activision Blizzard is just dead. Or they just, you, you know, yeah. I don't trust that mega corporation that doesn't do games compared to the other mega corporation that does at least been doing games for 25 years. You know, I trust yeah. them a little bit more with gaming. And I, this all actually kind of reminds me of, you remember several years ago when Ubisoft was like hostily being taken over by Vivendi and they, Vivendi, like, yep. they were, they kept just buying up more and more of that company and Ubisoft's like, no, we don't want to be owned by Vivendi. And they were like fighting as much as they could. They finally did fight them off. But now <clears throat> Tencent owns a significant chunk of them. But like, that's the kind of, sh- Ubisoft you think of is one of the major publishers in this industry. And it, like when I think of them, I'm like, oh yeah, there's no way that Ubisoft's going to be bought out by some random company, but like it totally could, like it almost did. And so it, even Activision, as big as it is, like it needs protection a little bit. It needs that Microsoft money. Yeah. yeah I don't know the numbers, but I don't know if Vivendi has as much capital as Tencent does because Tencent no, no, doesn't everything. Loaded. They've got everything. Yeah. And if Vivendi could almost do it, Tencent could absolutely do it if they wanted to. So yeah, it's like, but again, Tencent's like, do I trust them? That's the difference though. Like Vivendi was like, it was hostile. We're going to own your company, whether you like it or not. Whereas like if you're partnered with the right people and the right people own stake in your company, then you can control, like there's creative control. Mm -hmm. There's making sure that you're doing things that you want to do and not just like some random ass overlord says you have to. Yeah. Interesting stuff to think about. Very interesting. That's very interesting. So keep an eye on that. But, Bungie, independent, but you're going to hopefully get cool, maybe free stuff on PlayStation. Yeah, Everyone yeah, seems yeah. happy and copacetic, so I, mean, I think it's all pluses. Destiny's already had exclusive, like they had exclusive strikes on PlayStation for like strikes a year, and stuff, exclusive yeah. weapons. God, every single time they launched a console. I, I always, always bought, like launch PS4, and then they're like, here's the Destiny PS4 right after Chad bought one, the and white it's white, one. and it's sexy. I was like, fuck. Yeah. And then Destiny 2 came out, and I had a PS4 Pro. And they're like, here's the white Destiny PS4 Pro with the cool controller. And I was like, fuck. 
Now I have my white PS5 and they can't take it away from me. But they're going to introduce a black Destiny 3 one. I'm like, damn I it. Say, there's going to be a black Destiny 1 100%. <laughs> no, it's going to be faceplates. It's going to be PlayStation. Because they're faceplates. Oh, okay. PlayStation, you can just swap them out. And now Bungie's PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, I want it. I want that. Okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, speaking of like, swappable shit, I finally got a scuff uh, dual skin, like a PlayStation 5 controller with like the paddles, with on, the the paddles on the back and all that shit. Yeah, it's nice, it's ain't it? in the mail, but end of the month, it'll be my birthday present to myself. February seventeenth. February. That's right. February seventeenth is my birthday. <laughs> uh, that shit went fast. I bought, so I bought a, an all black version. Like they send an email saying, "Hey, it's all refreshed." I clicked the link mm-hmm. immediately, like within ten seconds, forwarded it to Dallas, and he opened it. I got in line, and I, I was able to get mine ten minutes before he did, and I got it. All of them were available. By the time he clicked the link, it was just the orange one, and but he ended, he ended up getting one too. Like, Damn. Yeah, I'd be like, fuck it. I'm just getting the orange one. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, you yeah. don't get what you get. Uh, let's talk about playtime. I am very interested in a tweet that you twatted today about Sifu. Yep. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I twatted about Sifu. Uh-huh. Uh, again, I've been talking about this game forever. I was like, so excited. And then this morning... I was almost going to pick seven... it up because of how excited you were, and I was going to do a review discussion with you before I went on my birthday vacation on February 17th. For 17th. And then you were like, no. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I had pre-ordered the deluxe edition so I could play it on Sunday. On Steam? There's a little bit of a thing. Uh, No, on PlayStation. I was going to play with the DualSense and see whatever happened with it. So the embargo lifted at 7 a.m. Eastern time for Sifu. And I was like, all right. And I started reading through the reviews. And it's, they're not bad reviews. Most of them are pretty good. Or like seven, it's like seven to nines. It's in that in that range. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's good. I like to see this. But then I started reading reviews, and I even had uh, a friend over at Six One Indie, Mike uh, Townsro, who he had the game early and he reviewed it. Um, and the things he said about that game, I was like, oh man, I'm excited for this game. But after these reviews, I'm not excited. So basically, they're like, yes, it's very good, it's beautiful, combat's fun, and all this, but. He basically, this is a Mike specifically said, it's basically a roguelike Sekiro. And I was like, let me tell you what I don't want to play a week before I play, try to play Elden Ring yeah. and Horizon. That's what, yeah. So people are like, it's very good, but the learning curve is ridiculous. It's basically a full ass fledged fighting game that is punishing as hell. And it's like, once you learn it, it clicks and it's fantastic, but it is hard to learn. And like this game will be too hard for people. That part doesn't bother me. I think that's fine. I can get through all that. But when I'm reading all of that, and again, I had to pay $50 to get the game on early because the, the special edition is uh, $49.99 for the deluxe version that comes early. I was like, I'd rather just save my $50 because I'm not going to get, I'm not going to enjoy this game before I get to the other big games. Like I'm, I want to play Horizon. I want to play Elden Ring over this game and I'm very excited for it, but I don't want to bash my head against the wall. Maybe, maybe it clicks for me immediately, but maybe it doesn't. And I don't really want to chance that for $50. So I'm just like, I'll wait till summer, get it on sale for 20 bucks and still enjoy it when I have more time. But at the moment, it's like you literally chose the worst time to come out. It'd be a difficult game that requires you to master it to enjoy the game. Yeah. So I just, I kind of got off of it. Uh, actually, I got my refund from Sony. Didn't have to argue. I was very surprised. Last nice. time I tried it, they argued with me. But this time they were like, oh, you, I see you have your pre-order. You didn't hit download. There's your money back. I couldn't even hit download because the servers were messed up or whatever. So I got my money back. I do want to play Sifu. I'm very excited. I hope the team has great success. But I'm just like, I don't want to play this kind of game when I have bigger things coming that I'm much more interested in. So 
I was excited for it, but Sifu's going to have to wait. Damn. Let me know when you pick it up, because I'll probably pick it up at the same time, and then we can have a delayed review discussion. We can do a bar for... We absolutely can do a bar for about that at the end of the year. Oh, sure, yeah. No problem. Easy. So, yeah, we'll get there. But I was just like, oh, man, those reviews. Again, none of the reviews are bad, but I'm like, I don't want to do that right now. You ever seen that where it's like, this looks cool, but I don't want to do that right now? Yeah. So Euphoria is out. It's like, oof, I'm depressed. I don't want to watch Euphoria. <laughs> I know it's great, but I'm depressed and I'm not doing that. So we'll get to it eventually. But yeah, cancel Sifu. Hope they do great. Probably get to it later. I mean, we're gonna, some people are saying it's their game of the year. Of course, it's fucking February. But <laughs> Right. That's all um, I'm seeing everywhere is the thumbnails. Game of the year contender. Sifu game of the year. Just yeah. like last year. Just like you called it out last so year. So I will eventually play it just for that. And I'm, in, I'm interested, but we're going to have to wait. Other than that. So I went on Steam, right? They're having Lunar New Year sales. And I was like, cool, what can I buy? Oh, how about this? I bought the XCOM collection. Everyone knows I love XCOM strategy games. I have two on console, which is where I've been playing it over and over again. But there was a bundle for it. It's the first XCOM game and all the DLC. It's the second game and all the DLC. I already own it, but hey. <laughs> uh, and XCOM Chimera Squad, which was like a spinoff game that came out, uh, I think is in 2020, I believe something like that. All of those games together and all the DLC is valued at about $250. It was oh, on sale shit. for 16 bucks. It was on sale for 16 bucks. Oh I was like, you know what? I'm buying XCOM again, baby. <laughs> so I bought <laughs> and I played all I played a little bit of all of them. So yeah, I love it. And I was just like, because when you look at that disc, I see why people get obsessed with these Steam sales. Because you look at the total value. $253.69 with tax. I'm like, holy shit. On sale, $16.47. Hmm, I'd yep. be crazy not to do this. <laughs> That's how they get you. Well, yeah, great game, so I can't complain. And then I got back into Fortnite and Apex. Fortnite, The Rock is finally playable now. You can finally play as The Rock's character. What um, was he prior to that? Because I swear that was two months ago. Like, everyone was freaking out about The Rock two months ago. What was going on? He's in the game, but now he's unlockable. Okay. What, so now what you can play as him. Like, he's like a character in the story i don't ask brent he knows more okay. <laughs> i just know i just know it's the rock and he's got a cool suit so that's all i care about so now he's actually unlockable so i went and unlocked the rock i'm trying to unlock the thing where you take his helmet off because i just want to see the rock's face right of course and then i redownloaded and played some apex because the new season comes out next thursday or next wednesday so i didn't play a ton except for buying three XCOM games uh and not buying sifu but that's how my week went dope I spent the entire week playing Pokemon Legends Arceus and I, we talked, we gave our like spoiler free review last year, last year, last week, um, with Holden on the show, uh, fantastic game. I, the more I played it, the more I freaking loved it. And mm -hmm. it ate my life this week. It ate everyone's lives. This is the first time that the entire raft pack, the five of us, me, Brent, Dallas, uh, Holden and Matt are all playing the same game at the same time. And it's not Destiny. And it's not Destiny. Well, only me, Matt, and, and Dallas play Destiny. But right. speaking of, like, I didn't play that this week, which is super rare. Normally, five out of the seven nights of the week, around, you know, 6.30 at night, I'll get a text that says, you guys want to play Rainbow Six Extraction? Who wants to play Destiny? You guys want to play Warzone? Something. Like, are we playing anything tonight? Didn't get a single one of those texts this week. Why? Because we're all fucking sitting on our nerdy-ass couches or laying in our nerdy-ass beds <laughs> playing Pokemon but you get on the Switch and you see everybody's online. Everybody's doing it. Mm -hmm. Who has this to trade? Have, hey, how does this thing evolve? Dallas, this is literally Dallas's very first Pokemon game ever. And he is just That's like right. obsessed with it. And I love, 
love watching it and just him asking all these questions pretending he's a pokemon master and being embarrassed to ask but then he asks anyway god it's fantastic um i'm so happy that game turned out well me too. i was so worried but i'm so happy it's good yeah or people love it fucking love it by the time when we talked about it last week i've had i think 11 and a half hours into it and i was uh not quite done with the story of it but this i'm done with i've completely 100 percented it beat the, the credit rolled credits at 21 hours and then i spent 47 and a half hours total on this game last week like literally a full-time job plus overtime on this mm-hmm. game um in addition to my real ass full-time job plus overtime and i i fucking loved it got the entire pokedex a couple of things thanks to some friend like yes dallas traded me a mag mortar as my very last pokemon because i ran out of bags to pick up and couldn't find enough shit to buy a magmarizer so he had one he Saved my life. I didn't have to... Hooked you up. Yeah. So, um, it's incredible. It's what, again, just want to reiterate, like, it's the best Pokemon game. I'm, I'm so excited. It made me want to go back and play other Pokemon games. Like, I, I had, I had given Sun and Moon a try, and I had given Sword and Shield a try, and they didn't really click with me, uh, but it made me want to go back and try those again. (laughs) But then, also, my nephew FaceTimed me yesterday, who's, he's eight now. I know he's seven mm. now. Uh, he just got it. And he told me the entirety of Pokemon Shield or Pokemon Sword from start to finish. He's like, I just beat this. And guess story? what? Now I'm playing Arceus. Here's everything that happens in Sword. I was like, okay, cool. I don't have to play that anymore. I was going to, but no. I just heard 17 <laughs> hours of content from you. Thank you. Um, yeah, but I love, I love that I can connect with my seven-year-old nephew who's playing it and we're FaceTiming while we're playing it together all the way to my late thirties friends who are all playing it at the same time. It's, it's fantastic. And at the same time, I've been super nerdy in that I've been rewatching the anime while I play it. So I'll just like mm. put the anime on in the background and the OG. OG. Yep. On the, yeah. It's weird that how that show is spread out. Like there's the Pokemon TV app, which has it all has, has seasons one and two and like seasons 26 mm. through 28 for free. And you can access them okay. there. But then like seasons three through like 12 are only on Hulu. And then seasons like 13 through something are on Netflix. And then there are some Netflix on exclusive Netflix and, content. Yeah, they're all over the place. It's all over the place. But yeah, I've just been watching that in the background. It's not something that obviously I want to put on and like sit down and watch with popcorn. and like. But like it's fun to have that on in the background and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that shit happening. Oh, yeah. Ash, you're such a doofus. Um, <laughs> Big fucking idiot. Yep. So I'm getting balls deep back into Pokemon. And then the second thing I played, I, I'm actually really excited. Quantum Break was one of those things. Again, I'm leaving for the last half of the month. So you and I should actually talk about with the Super Bowl next Sunday and then me being out the following Sunday. We should figure out what we're doing schedule-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm leaving on February 17th, my birthday, for the rest of February to spend with my boys playing Destiny. And so I was like, I got to beat our barf game before I leave. Mm. and that like was weighing on me because i knew that was going to take a little bit of time and i was like and then there are also other games that i need to play between now and the time that i leave as well and there are other things in february and i played quantum break all the way through in one sitting last night Damn, so you got, through all of it? got through all of it i sat down and started playing i was like all right how long is- i got through act one how many acts are in this five? Oh shit i might be able to knock this That's out with the day. tv show it's with the tv, you watch show. The TV yeah show there are four 20 minute episodes in between each act and so, yeah, it was it, it was a nice, easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl game to get through. I spent eight and a half hours on it. We'll talk about that uh, at the end of the month, hopefully with Cozy, if we can work that scheduling out. 
Mm-hmm. So that's gone. And now Pokemon Legends is is out of my life. Like I'm literally anyone who wants my Pokemon, let me know and I'll trade you. I just traded Dallas like a perfect hundred Garchomp with all perfect stats. I'm like, I'm get I'm, this is what I did with Animal Take Crossing. Em. Animal Crossing, I was like, all right, everyone, come to my island. I've buried everything in holes, just steal it, and then I'll nuke my island. I'm doing everything must go. Like I've done everything in Pokemon that I possibly can, <laughs> especially given the single player nature, and it's not really a battling game, so all my Pokemon are free to anyone who wants them. So yeah, now I'm just like, what do I do for the next week and a half until I leave on Fe- February 17th on my birthday this year? Man, that's a whole 11 days. Yeah. I could, that's a lot of time. I could do a lot. I could, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what I'll do. I, for, I literally go. yesterday had the thought. I was like, oh, fuck. I never finished that, did I? So that's what I'll do. Now you can. Okay. That's it. That's enough playtime. Let's move on to our quest log and talk about Ghostwire Tokyo. All those spider webs in Tokyo. My eyes. That's what I'm every yeah, single my eyes. Every the spider, spider web I ever see now. I'm like, God, all these ghost wires everywhere. <laughs> uh, it gets a release date and more. This comes from multiple stories on IGN.com. You think com stands for computer communications? What, is what com? does it stand for? Compost? <laughs> PlayStation has announced that Ghostwire Tokyo will launch on March 25th, 2022. That's next month. That is next month. God, time is flying. I'm about to be dead. Ghostwire Tokyo <laughs> is the next game from Shinji Mikami's Tango Gameworks, developers of The Evil Within. It was first announced back in E3 2019. I swear to God, E3 2019 was seven years ago. But it's only two Feels like it. Um, it was ex- announced as a PlayStation exclusive during Bethesda's conference, which again now is owned by Microsoft, but still is only coming to PS5 for the time being and PC for at least a year. Uh, it has been a kind of a mystery. Like they keep showing trailers, and I still don't quite know what this game is. After I watch these trailers, I'm like, it looks interesting, but I don't know if I am excited for it. But we finally did get a gameplay deep dive this week, shed some light on it, including its open world and its combat mechanics. Um, they revealed that the, the game is in an open world set in a haunted Tokyo following an event called The Vanishing, a paranormal occurrence where 99% of the population vanished. Ooh, spooky. Or, ooh, religious. The I've city. seen these movies. <laughs> left behind. I've seen them. <laughs> yeah, left behind. All them, all them Christians, you are the scum of the earth if you get left behind during the rapture. Uh, the city has become overrun with spirits from Japanese mythology, and the player must use a combined arsenal of supernatural powers and traditional weaponry to save it. At the center of this combat is a skill called ethereal weaving that's used to fight the monsters that appeared after the vanishing. You get to, to fuse spiritual energy with fire, air, or water, just like those benders, to launch close or long-range attacks at the variety of enemies that require different playstyles to defeat. Incoming attacks can also be parried, and the player's supernatural powers can be charged up to enter wire-in mode and unleash more powerful attacks. So, we have more information about this game. We've seen some gameplay from it. Adam, does it tickle your fancy? Are you going to get it on March 25th? Maybe. We'll see. Uh, so, this one was the... Because, yeah, they, w- they showed us little trailers where it's like, oh, there's people floating in the mist, and then... We didn't get anything for a year. Then we got another trailer. It's like, it's spooky. Like, what is this game? And they're like, it comes out next month. And here's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting way to do it, And I kind of like it. And it is not what I expected it to be. I expected it to be a big spooky game. So I'm like, I'm not playing that. But 
is it's sort of like an action game that's like in a spooky setting, but yeah. not like a scary setting. That's much more interesting to me than trying to do like a survival horror game, because as we know, I am not super big fans of that. Um, but like a, a weird action game and like this freaky, you know, method, I don't know. That's much more interesting, much more interesting to me based on that. So I want to keep seeing stuff about it, but I am going from, I'm absolutely not going to play the spooky time game to, well, that's a cool action game. I could probably get into that. That's where I am. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the, in the same thing. Like I was, I was not super excited about it beforehand, but now after this reveal, I was like, Oh, this is something that I could get behind, but I'm still cautious. Like tiny Tina's wonderlands comes out that same day, March 25th. Oh, is that the same day? And I'm a hundred percent bonerific on that. So maybe if, if Ghostwire Tokyo gets good reviews, maybe I'll pick it up after that. And it's another like Bethesda, the- like Bethesda published mm-hmm. games, like that whole studio, like all, or that whole publishing arm. Like I usually only can get behind like 20% of what they put out. So have you ever played evil within? I played about two hours of evil within. Yeah. It's not my job. I think you like two more. It feels a lot more like resident evil. Oh, uh, yeah. The ones that you like. Um, so what I can say is I'm much more, I'm with you. Um, where again, I don't like to be spooked. I do normally like Bethesda games, uh, but for me, it was really funny. They did it in the announcement trailer where it's like exclusive to these consoles until at least March 25th, 2023, which means March 26th, 2023, it'll be on Game Pass. So maybe yeah. I'll just wait and play it when it's free on Game Pass. Yeah. I don't know. I also bought Deathloop and had no uh, regrets about that. So I guess we'll see whenever we get closer to it. That just reminded me. Do you remember when Final Fantasy VII, first of all, Final Fantasy VII Remake, it had it printed on the box, PS5 exclusive, mm-hmm. until, and then it gave a date. And then the, the game got delayed a few weeks, and they had to reprint the box with a new Ooh. date on it. But then, like, a year came and went, and it just came to PC, and still no news yeah, about it. I think it came to PC coming. after the year. Yeah, it was, it was only like a year, year and a half. PC. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Um, I think that one will still come to Xbox. I think it's, because, like, I remember No Man's Sky was just, like, randomly, like, two years. Yeah. And they were like, oh, now we're on Xbox too. It's like, okay. It's just wild to me that we uh, haven't we haven't heard about it. Like that's a big enough profile yeah. game that like you would think that if it's being worked on, we would know about it, but mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah, I'm with you. Speaking Maybe of, two years we'll get it. Speaking of big ass games mm-hmm. that are being worked on that we now know about, GTA six is real or real if it's El Camino Real, the the road here in San Jose. This comes from Joe Screbbles at IGN. After years of rumors and reports, Rockstar has confirmed it is working on a new Grand Theft Auto game and said that it's well underway. And no, it's not Grand Theft Auto V again. Although that is in development and will come. That's in March. Uh, yes, it'll come as a, <laughs> uh, uh, interestingly enough, coming as a patch instead of like a brand new you have to buy it again game. In a new press release, a Rockstar spokesperson wrote, quote, With the unprecedented longevity of GTA V, we know many of you have been asking us about a new entry in the Grand Theft Auto series. With every new project we embark on, our goal is always to significantly move beyond what we have previously delivered, and we are pleased to confirm that active development for the next and in, next entry in the Grand Theft Auto series is well underway. We look forward to sharing more information. Uh, I threw that in there. We look forward to sharing more as soon as we are ready. So please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. Now, Adam, we know it's mm-hmm. real. I, yeah. I saw a tweet, maybe it was Game Informer, maybe it was Rockstar themselves. Somebody tweeted, hey, what city do you want GTA 6 to take place in? What do you want? Where do you want GTA 6 to live? 
Where do you want? What city do you want to run around and shoot things in? And drive cars and stuff. Ah, uh, man. So I've I've heard this idea floated by a couple different people. So for me, it would be cool to. I want to say international. It's, it's such an American game. That's it's just a satire in America. I was thinking the you same thing. Switch. What if we take it international? What if we go to Dubai? Yeah, but it, yeah, but it feels like it's such a satire in America. I don't yeah. know if you could do that. So I have one of two options: uh, Chicago, or just whatever their version of Chicago is, because you know that's a cool new setting. Uh, it's a big, another one of the big cities in the U.S. Or it starts in Vice City, and it's like, oh, halfway through the game, actually, got to go to Liberty City. And then you fucking go to Liberty City, and it's like, oh, actually, the last bad guy is in San Andreas. So we just get all the big cities in one game. That'd be really cool. Other than that, I think Chicago would be cool. Or international, but I also have no idea where that would be. But Chicago is the one they haven't done yet. So It's weird cool. that Chicago is such a big city. It's like the third by population in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But the only game I can think of that's ever been set there was Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs 1. Yeah, Watch Dogs Not even the other ones. (laughs) 2 was San Francisco. It's like that franchise just follows me wherever I go. Or maybe I go to wherever that franchise. When did they come out? Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, I think that'd be cool. I I started thinking, like, Dubai would be really freaking cool. Because, you know, Dubai's got... That's where Fast and Furious, they jump from one building to the next. Everything's, like, made of marble Mm -hmm. everywhere because they have so much fucking money there. But then I also started to think, like, we already, in the U.S., propagate enough stereotypes about people in the middle east and their relation to crime like do we really want to do we really want to drive more of that by saying hey everyone in, in dubai we're gonna steal cars and shoot shit up and like oh maybe we maybe we shouldn't paint them in that light again all right stadia who could have seen the demise of stadia it, everyone everyone has been hoodwinked no one saw this coming. Stadia is going through changes. This is uh, information from Jordan Mid- Midler? Jordan Midler. Midler. Related to Beth? Maybe. Who knows? At VGC. Third cousin. Um, Google has reportedly started quietly deprioritizing D- Google Stadia and exploring new ways to integrate its streaming tech into other areas of its business. According to Business Insider, uh, which is paywalled as transcribed by VGC. I did read the entire Business Insider article and it was very boring. <laughs> <laughs> Since announcing the closure of its internal studios last year, Google has, quote, shifted the focus of its Stadia division largely to securing white label deals with partners that include Peloton, Capcom, and Bungie, according to people familiar with the plan. The publication goes on to claim that the company is, quote, shopping the technology to partners under a new name. Google Stream. The report claims that the Stadia consumer platform, meanwhile, has been deprioritized within Google and that the company has a, quote, reduced interest in negotiating blockbuster third-party titles. Woof. What's it been, two years? Oof. Year and a half? Something like that. I feel like it launched Not in like too, November too of 2019, right? And now it's... Mm-hmm. No, 20, wait. Did it launch in 2020 or 2019? <sighs> Who knows? Anyway, nobody can know. It's impossible to tell. It's impossible, like literally <laughs> impossible, unless you can count the number of days it's been backwards. Um, so this is something that we've talked about a ton on this podcast over the years, and Holden always brought up the point. Like people are concerned: is is Stadia going to be supported, or is Google going to drop it like they drop everything else? 
And Google like heard that criticism and they specifically said, no, we definitely are in this for the long haul. We're going to support this platform for at least well, I think five years, I think was the number they threw out. Like we're going to, mm-hmm. we know it's going to take five years before we fully mature into whatever this might be. Um, but they also have a huge history of kind of dropping services, consumer facing services, but then taking that underlying technology and integrating it elsewhere. Kind of what this is mentioning they're going to do. So for instance, the one example Holden always brought up was they used to make a a Google chat app where I don't remember the name of it because I don't use uh, Android things, but like as you type, your friend could see the words that you were typing and backspacing and all that in live in real time. And then that service Mm -hmm. went away, but that went on to be Google Docs, like that that technology was integrated into Google Docs. You could all collaborate in real time together. Uh, as a consumer-facing service with real games that you're paying a lot of money for and building a collection of that you would like to play, hopefully for the rest of time or in perpetuity for as long as you live, like this has a much bigger stake than, oh, the, the app you've been using to text your friends is going away. Like that's a very different, like this has huge financial amounts of th- like financial um ties to people and uh what they license because technically you don't own this content but what they license from google stadia disappearing like this is everyone's worst nightmare when they talk about digital games and streaming games it's like what if one day that platform just stops or disappears and it's not there anymore boom all of my games are gone um interesting that this is that this is becoming deprioritized what are your so funny thing what are your thoughts on Stadia? yeah go for it Whatever comes to mind. Uh, so it launched November 19th, 2019. Okay. I believe that is. Wait, so let me double check. Yeah, November two 19th, years 2019. Change. Two years and change. And I was looking for the the uh, the quote where they said we're going to do it for at least five years, but I can't find that. There's too much. So my thoughts on this. Uh, here's a game. This is, this, remember we were talking earlier about we're like, oh, it's a good thing that Activision and Bungie got by, by the dudes who make video games compared to one of these tech giants. Right here is the exact same reason. Right, they did put a little more time into it than they normally would because normally it'd be like six months we didn't make money, we're canceling it. Um, and I like that the technology continues because that is what, again, it sucks for people who are part of that subscription and bought games and all that and they don't know what's going to go on now. Whatever. But... Yeah, they made a technology it'll, it'll live on somewhere else. But yeah, this is why I don't trust Google to like own a gaming company because clearly they don't stick with this shit. And I, you know, it's Google. They got to make money. They got to make a lot of money. Yeah. Um. So I know I never use actually. I have one Google, uh, Google Stadia game that was gifted to me because I won a contest, and I never booted it up. But I had it, <laughs> made an account, put it in there, claimed it, and I was just like, cool, that was nice. And then I didn't mess with it. But again. Streaming, I do think streaming is a thing that could be a really good future. Like once they figure it out and, you know, internet speeds are good and they streamline it, I think it'd be great because whenever I've done it, it's been awesome. So I hope the technology keeps to be you know, improving and getting used and we'll see what happens. I When I read the rest of the story, we were talking about Peloton. Peloton's like, yeah, we're going to use Google Stadia so you can play a game while you're on your bike. <laughs> it's like, sure, perfect yeah. use for that service. Go right ahead. So, I, you know. I'm not shocked, but it's, yeah, it's interesting that they're the the ways they've been marketing this, and this is something that even a, a few months ago, AT and T just randomly said, "Hey, if you're an AT and T customer, you can play Batman: Arkham Knight for free in your browser." And it wasn't branded as Stadia, but it was later confirmed, like, "Yeah, this is it's running on Stadia technology." Mm-hmm. And it was like that was just like one random ass game for anyone who happened to have AT and T. But those are the types of deals that it seems like it's looking to pursue. Is like if 
We're looking to go to companies who want to provide some kind of interactive, low latency service and, and give them that platform rather than, unfortunately, investing in actual game support for it. And we've seen, you know, we've seen them drop first-party studios that they had people working on, and now they're just like, those studios are gone, and games are no longer in development. And they have had a ton of trouble getting third parties on board with it, especially day and date. And uh, it looks like that is something that they're no longer doing. So bad news for Stadia fans. Good news for people who want streaming games in some kind of way from some random-ass companies who you didn't think had the technology to do it because they can just partner with Google now. If you want to stream games and not pay Google, yeah. <laughs> look out in the next couple of months. <laughs> Speaking of, this was something else from the Business Insider article. It was a short little blip of a paragraph in there that I thought was super mm -hmm. interesting is that apparently before the acquisition of Bungie, from PlayStation, Bungie had been talking with Google about creating their own streaming platform as well. And those mm -hmm. were like apparently in really deep talks. Like they were they were getting into it right before they got right before the the deal got announced. So who knows like what still is going on there? Is that my is Bungie still planning to create some kind of streaming platform but with maybe, you know, PlayStation's partnership with Microsoft now instead of Google or is that still going to be a thing? Who knows? Who knows? Because that is the one game that everyone points to, and people again, Stadia was always the the punchline of a joke. Um, I think kind of unfairly because I remember people would always point to I played Destiny two on Stadia and it fucking worked great. And everyone who played Destiny two on Stadia, well, not everyone, but no. there's a lot of people who were like, <laughs> oh, it was it was. I've heard a lot of people say we're good. So. I I played Destiny two on Stadia twice, three times. One time I played it and like enemy textures were completely missing and they were just metallic blobs. Mm. Another time I played it just to go to the tower and like get a, a, something that somebody was selling that day. Uh, and that was kind of tough. And then whenever we were trying to raid a couple months ago and my internet went out at home and I was like, fuck, I can do Stadia. I'll go somewhere. And I had excellent internet service and it would always connect. It would be like pixelated and blocky for like two and a half minutes. I couldn't get to chat and then it would just, nope, your internet connection is not good hmm. enough. And when Stadia first came out, I was, Matt was traveling for his job and I was like, Hey, there's this one thing we can get this random gun, but it like ends tomorrow. We have to do this one thing in it. And he was playing it on his hotel Wi-Fi, And <laughs> it was literally like, listen, I push a button and then nothing happens for like 20 seconds. And then I end up on the other side of the map. So here's what you need to do. I'm going to press forward and you kill everything in front of me. <laughs> so I don't die on my way to whatever it is. So yeah, I've I've never had anything but like at best poor experiences with Stadia. At worst, mm -hmm. completely unusable. Oof. That's rough. Well, yeah. there you go. From the horse's mouth to your ears. And and hey. all of that being on like either really fast cellular networks or like super fast home Wi-Fi. Yeah, see, it, have you did you ever do Ethernet? Which you shouldn't need for streaming. Right, you but. shouldn't need it. Uh no, I didn't I never did Ethernet. I wonder if that's the big difference. It's like, well, I'm plugged yeah. in, so it works great. I don't know. Next up, what up, fellow dorks? Fucking in the chat, DF and Smitty, another motherfucking Pokemon legend? Us Pokemon motherfucking oh. legends, not dorks, are helping Arceus reach new heights. Story says dorks, right there. Does Pokemon it? dorks. Does it? Well, dork is a giant whale penis, which we all know is one of the biggest penises in the animal kingdom, so... So you're well, a giant penis. So no, we have giant penises. We're motherfucking oh. giant penis wielding folks. 
Um, <laughs> this comes from Joe Scrubbles at IGN. Nintendo has announced that Pokemon Legends Arceus has sold 6.5 million copies in its first week of release. That's almost a million units a day. Meaning that somewhat experimental new title is selling faster than the recent Pokemon mainline games. It looks as though the Pokemon company's experiment in a new kind of RPG is paying off, given that Arceus has outpaced both Sword and Shield and Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl's first weeks on sale. While not confirmed, it also is likely that it is the second fastest-selling Switch game of all time, right behind Animal Horizon, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, uh, which was hitting 11.77 million copies in its first 11 days on sale. Doesn't look like it's probably going to pass Animal Crossing, but uh, with the previous fast seller being Sword and Shield, that puts Arceus in a very strong position. Hopefully, that sends the message to Game Freak and Nintendo and Pokemon Company that like we need more shit like this. This is the good stuff. People like it when you refresh a 25-year-old formula and actually make it fun and modern. Now next, just dear God, give it some beautiful-looking graphics. Um, you know what? What? It's funny. Well, again, because I, I do, I'm with you. I think it was the hype for the new kind of gameplay, completely different. Something you know, I think everyone was excited for that, and clearly the sales are showing that. Is this the first Pokemon game in a while, first mainline that didn't have two versions? Because even the Let's Go series had two versions. It did, yeah. It had Eevee and Pikachu, and that was like like the second day after it launched. I was reading stories about how it was the it was the fastest selling non. It was the fastest selling Pokemon game that didn't have two versions. So like Mystery this Dungeon one? or yeah, this one was. But now yeah. after a whole week, it looks like it's faster than even the It's the, the best of all version. of them. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. Look at that. See, and if they would have put out Arceus and then another continent name, but it's the same continent, maybe they would have sold more. Yeah. No, I'm just playing. That'd be cool <laughs> if they just did one. Because the two thing was fun when you're like a kid going to school. It's like, oh, I've got yellow, right. I've got blue, I've got red. Now we're adults. I don't do that shit. I don't want to buy two versions. Exactly. <laughs> fucking give I, me the things. That's even like there were four Pokemon in in this game that like you you can trade. They're they come from the original games. So, like they evolve by trading. And there are even mm-hmm. more in future games where like you have to have them hold this stone while they trade in order to evolve. But now you can do it all yourself. Like you literally, you have a Haunter or a Machoke and you want a Gengar or a Machamp. There's just an item that you can get. It's just a link cable. It's literally a Game Boy link cable that you buy. It's a link cable. And you just put it on them and they evolve. And it's just. That's pretty cool. Thank God. Um, Last story here before we get to a special segment from Adam is MLB The Show 22 is announced is now on every platform. Says Eddie McCooch at GameSpot. MLB The Show 22 has been announced with LA Angels pitcher and slugger Shohei Otani on the cover for the game, which is also coming to Nintendo Switch for the first time. What? What? There it is. I bet you that is going to be just as feature-rich or poor and run just as smoothly or poorly as the Vita version did. After ending its run as a PlayStation exclusive franchise in 2021, the MLB The Show 22 will be available across PlayStation, Xbox, and now Nintendo Switch for the first time when it's released this year. Watches on April 5th on Xbox, free on Game Pass, just like it was last year. Again. Again. Yeah. Twice in a row. And they have been pushing that. Like, sorry, Xbox has been saying, yeah, free on Game Pass. And PlayStation has been pushing that whole first week after the release date was announced, has been pushing emails that are like, hey, Pre-order this now. Buy this now on PlayStation so we can lock it in before you realize it's free elsewhere. Like, please, dear God, pay money for this game. 
the game supports cross-platform play and progression, and this also applies to Switch. So you could buy it on PlayStation, and then when you're on the go, load it up using Xbox Game Pass Cloud version X Cloud project, and do it that way too. Mm-hmm. Or do it on the very Switch. cool. Because I remember two years ago when. So again, I, we'll, we'll go through all of this because I think it's very interesting and it's very funny in a way. But remember a couple of years ago, they're like, hey, MLB is coming to everything. And I yep. was like, really? That's interesting. Next year it was on Xbox. Two years it's on Switch. So it was like straight up this once exclusive game is now everywhere. And that, the fact that it keeps being free. So like I just checked Game Pass. The MLB Show 21 is still on Game Pass. Because I had a friend with me. He tried to make a joke. I love Bobby. I love you to death. He tried to make the joke that he bought. So because Extraction was on Game Pass, right? Mm-hmm. He bought Extraction on PlayStation 5. We're like, why did you buy it? He's like, I don't want to rent it. And it's like, well, no one's going to be playing Extraction <laughs> a year from now when that game comes off the service. But whatever. But it is funny. That will be the show. Baseball season's been over for months. And it's the first one is still on Game Pass. Yeah. So I like that. Because I was, at first I'm like, they're going to put it on there for like four months or six months. They're going to take it off. They're probably going to just every year like, oh, the new game's out. Take the old one off the service. Put the new one in there. So that is, I think that's crazy. But I do love this entire thing where PlayStation had this exclusive. They're like, no one else is making baseball games. Here's a sports game exclusive for PlayStation. And I, I haven't fact-checked this, so someone can do it for me if they want. But I'm sure that their contract came up with the MLB to re-up. And MLB said, you know, we've been loving the product. It's highly reviewed. People love it. But we want that fucking money. Put mm-hmm. that shit on mm-hmm. everything or you're not getting the license, baby. And they're like, fuck. We have to put <laughs> this game on everything. Yep. So I just think that it's, again, it's a great game, so everyone should play it. I just think that that whole thing is funny that just MLB, the license that they own, was so powerful they could strong arm someone into putting their game on xbox xbox game pass and switch yeah wild yeah like if the nfl ever wanted to be like hey ea do this thing or you don't get madden anymore they'd be like whose feet do we got to kiss because it <laughs> shit means too much we got to do it i just think that that's how much power the sports companies hold it's pretty crazy yeah it is worth noting too though that the franchise definitely peaked on PlayStation 3 when you could use the move controllers and PlayStation I to actually swing a bat and pitch the ball. That was that was peak MLB the show. So keep that in I mind. I played Wii Sports before. Free. Keep that in mind. I played Wii Sports. So I got I remember the Vita version too. Now you're brought oh I forgot completely forgot they made a Vita version. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Uh that's it for a quest log this week. But guess what's next? We got a segment from Adam. Mm. Segment from Adam. This is our sex segment. Take it on down to Basketville. That's <laughs> <laughs> wondering how far you're gonna go with that. All right. Uh, God, I just love doing Nandor's voice. I'm not gonna keep doing it. So please do. Well, hello there, Leslo. Hello, Nadja Guillermo. <laughs> I'm here yeah. to talk about January's best games. <laughs> you did such a good impression of him. Oh, oh. I fucking love Nando. He's great. So January just happened. Proven. Right? Nice. And then since January just ended, we got to start talking about game of the year for 2022. I had to look yep. down at my calendar and figure out what year it was. So these are the best reviewed games of the month for January 2022. First two games on the list were God of War for PC mm-hmm. and then... um. Uncharted, Uncharted Legacy yeah. Collection. Did put those in there because the re-releases, whatever, they don't count towards... I don't think they count towards Game right. of the Year stuff, but if they were the highest going to be up there, it's going to be Ragnarok. It's not going to be God of War PC. Exactly. Um, so, but after that, these are the highest 
rated games of the year, uh, of the month for January. Monster Hunter Rise PC version. So it's a different version. I kind of count that one. Uh, probably won't be on our list, but that was an 86. Pokemon Legends Arceus at 84. That one will be eligible. Maybe it'll be on your list. Ooh. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, Expeditions Rome is an 81. It's a PC game that I have no interest in playing, but it reviewed pretty well. Windjammers 2 at an 80, which I remember Dang. that Giant Bomb was super into Windjammers, and that's the only reason this game seemed to come back is because <laughs> these dorks that did a podcast loved Windjammers. But it reviewed pretty well, and it is also on Game Pass if you just want to check it out. It's like uh, Frisbee. It's called Frisbee no, Pong, basically. Ultimate yeah. Frisbee. Yeah, whatever. Seems pretty cool. And then uh, Nobody Saves the World, the new game from Drinkbox Studios, the makers of Guacamelee 1 and 2, uh, had a 79. The game is also on Game Pass. And that was the top five games of the month. So, solid month. If we're looking at it, do you, which one do you think are must-plays? And what do you think? Do you think any of these have a chance on being a game of the year list? If you have, obviously, any interest in the Pokemon franchise, Pokemon Legends Arceus is a must-play must play it's also of these games i think the closest to being nominated for game of the year although i don't think it will be mm. just like because of from a like texture performance like gross looking uh perspective like it's addicting as hell but like it's it's not game of the year material but yeah, other than that windjammers 2 is a good time if you're like sitting on the couch with a bunch of friends and you're looking for something mm-hmm. inexpensive to play it's an indie game it can be a good time uh, I'm with you. I think Pokemon is like, people are like, oh, I had super tons of fun with that game. But they're like, this game looks like poop. I can't nominate that for game of the yeah. year. <laughs> so uh, maybe for like Nintendo specific game of the year stuff, probably. Well, in advance, there's probably gonna be some good stuff. For me on here, uh, I started Nobody Saves the World. I've only played about 15, 20 minutes of it. And I don't like it as much as Guacamelee. But I think that is a game that certain people will be like, this was my favorite indie game. Of the-. There are certain people who are like, I really, really like this game. Other people are like, eh, it's fine. Yeah, I played a little bit of it. I don't have an opinion yet, but maybe that's one to keep an eye on. But outside of that, I that's mean, on I my think, list, especially since it's on yeah. Game Pass, like nobody saves the world. Yeah. It's yeah. I love Dreambox Studio. Like Guacamelee One and Two are some of the ap- literally the absolute best Metroidvania and platformers that exist. So like, I love what they do. So hopefully, I, I enjoy this game too. Check them out. So yeah, I think Legends Arceus is probably the most popular one from this month. Looking at this, by the time we get to the end of the year, I don't think any of these will be on Game of the Year list. But yeah. I mean, we'll have to see when we get there. But probably not. But there's a review for the month. Keep it. I'm not going to put a mark by any. Oh, I didn't even keep marks by the last ones I did last <laughs> year. I just did it for fun. So everyone check out those games. Check out your recommendations. That's what we did for January. Yeah, baby. Yeah, it was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's time for Game on Game Show. The Game on Game Show. We play a game called Game on the Game Show on our Game Show. Game, 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 game. Speaking of goaties, last time we played this game, it was goatee watch. It was goatee watch. This is Games Gone Wild. Woo! <laughs> warning, warning. <laughs> Hold on, let me lift my shirt up. <laughs> no nipples on Twitch. No, um, of course not. So this is a uh, what I've done this time. Last time it was all Game of the Year themed, and we went back and looked at 20 years of Game of the Year, and, and we run them through a thesaurus, and we see if you can guess what game it was based on the, the thesaurusized name. I've done the same thing, but it's for confirmed, not confirmed, well, quote unquote confirmed games for 2022. So I looked at upcoming mm-hmm. releases. I've got eight here, seven. I've got seven games here. And I will read you the release date if it has one. And then the thesaurusized name. And you will let me know what upcoming game, what upcoming big release this year that game is. Okay. Are you ready for Games Gone Wild? I'll try. All right, first up, 
And these are in chronological order if they have a date. February 25th, Senior Band. <laughs> senior Band? Yep. Ah, well, Elden Ring, my nipples are still dry on that one because I got that one super quick. Didn't have to go too wild for it. Uh, senior Band. I like that. Elden like a Ring. Yeah, band makes ring. sense. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Senior I get it. Band. Okay, solid. All right. That one will probably be on Game Gear list for sure. Yep. March 25th. Puny Christina's Surprise Farms. <laughs> Surprise Farms. Wait a minute. Okay. I mean, I know what this is. What was it again? One more time for the listeners. Puny Christina's Surprise Farms. Surprise Farms is all one word. It's a portmanteau. Not a portmanteau, but one word. Okay. I mean, I know it's Tiny Tina's... Uh, one, is it Wonderlands? Yes. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I'm confused where surprise. I know where farms comes from, but wonder and surprise is that? Yeah, wonder. I looked at the thesaurus. It was like the fourth word was surprise. Interesting, interesting. Farms, surprise yeah. farm. You never want to walk into one of those. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> honey. Could you run into Safeway real quick and just get me a diet coke? Yeah. Open the door. Oh my god! It's just nothing but murdering pigs in here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, May thirteenth. Also, oh, yeah, <laughs> Christina. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know how to handle this name. How do I handle Tina? For Tina, huh? Christina, yeah. Christina. I, I see it. I see it. Yeah. Uh, May 13th, Sin Corpse, the play. <laughs> Sin Corpse, the play. Sin Corpse, the play. Oh, hmm. Sin Corpse the Play. Yeah. Fucking what in the world I'll, is I'll, that? I'll give you Sin another Corpse. little hint. Sin Corpse colon the play. That you know that does nothing for me. <laughs> um something about uh, sin, so like a lies on the back. Corpse of body. Something body? Is body the right, the second one? It is it is not body. I'll give you a hint the play, that it is though. licensed. Uh-huh. It's licensed on a movie property. Just think in May thirteenth, a license on a movie property. So, mm, give me another. Give me another clue. Help me out. Um. Uh, I will. I will give you the final word. Play is a thesaurusized version of game. Uh, man, you stumped me. I have no idea what Sin Corpse is. This one is Evil Dead, the game. Oh, Evil Dead. Wasn't yeah. thinking about that. I forgot that I got pushed to May. So, yeah, I should have known that. Evil Dead. Sin Corpse. The play. All right, we got four left. August right. 23rd. Angels Street. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually a place in the video game. It was Saints Row. It is Saints Row. Yep, I figured you'd get Angel that Angel Street. All right, November 11th. Veterans Day. That's not the name of the game. This just happens to be Veterans Day in the United oh, States. Okay. Sun pasture. Sun pasture. Sun pasture. <sighs> and that's all one word. Sun pasture. Yeah. Hmm. In November. Mm -hmm. Something with a sun pasture. So Starfield. That is it. That is Starfield. Yep. Yes. Yep. A lot of, lot of farm talk today. <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> All right, these final two don't have release dates, although they both have 2022 as their release. All right. First one, Beelzebub Forever. Sorry, Beelzebub Forever. 
Beelzebub forever. Beelzebub forever. Oh, I wow. It was not what I was expecting. I was expecting to go with something Beelzebub. So Beelzebub. 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 What the fuck is Beelzebub? Beelzebub? It's <laughs> Is that like a demon? Yes. I feel like I've heard it's a demon, but Beelzebub forever. Devil forever. Devil may cry. See, it's not the big ones I'm thinking. I'm thinking of in my head are the big ones and something with the devil not making sense to me. Beelzebub forever. Beelzebub. I will, I'll give you a hint. This is an iOS game. It's a high profile iOS game. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about iOS games. It comes from Beelzebub a company that was forever. recently acquired by Microsoft. Okay. Beelzebub forever. I'm just thinking like Candy Crush, but that's not that's not new. <laughs> the fuck is Beelzebub? I don't know. You got me. Uh, Beelzebub is a is a name for the entity known as Satan. Mm-hmm. So you know, Mephistopheles, Beelzebub, Diablo, Immortal. Mm-hmm. Oh, Diablo, Diablo Immortal. Immortal, the iOS game. Yes, coming this year. Yeah, I forgot that was a thing. Yep. That they were making a iOS. I remember they announced that at uh, fucking BlizzCon and people freaked the yeah, fuck people out. People were like, this is and not then they Diablo stopped talking 4. About it for three Throwing years. chairs through windows. Yeah. Beelzebub forever. Where is All that right. used? Is that in Ghostbusters maybe? I don't remember. Go ahead. I, I've heard it a couple of places. Beelzebub. Beelzebub. Yeah, I have too. All right. Final one. And this one's my favorite. 12 o'clock at night stars. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve o'clock at night, stars. So I know it's midnight. Yep, midnight suns. It is midnight suns. Yep, Marvel's midnight suns. Oh my god, twelve o'clock at night, stars. <laughs> That's my favorite Bruno Mars song. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, think it was Travis McCoy. My bad. <laughs> All right, that's it for Game On Game Show, and that is it for episode two hundred and forty quattro of Respawn Aim Fire, the Kickass Irreverent Gaming Podcast. You've got some homework. Go to Patreon.com/slash Respawn Aim Fire. Where you can become a patron and vote on Barth ge- Barth Barf games for the month. Play along. Even if you're not a patron, play Quantum Break. It's eight and a half hours. You get to eat Chipotle while you watch the TV show. And Ooh. Yeah, it doesn't come with Chipotle. You have to go get your Chipotle. The coupon's expired. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so play that along with us. Send us your thoughts via email, DM, whatever you whatever you do to get them to us. Do that. Be like Cozy Bear. Um, be like Cozy. We have his thoughts. And if he's live on the show, we can just attribute it, attribute his thoughts to somebody else and just read them with someone else's tag. Uh-huh. He's like, those thoughts Dallas sound very says. familiar. And I'm like, no. No, I think, I think you're misremembering that. So do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you another piece of homework. Here's another piece of homework, folks. I want you... We're going we're gonna to do a little exchange here. I want you to guerrilla marketing this show to somebody in your life this week. Well, I like, I, like if they're like, hey, you want to hang out on Friday? I want you to, be, to like f- figure out a way to stealthily market our show to your friends. Like, hey, you want to hang out on Friday? Yeah, I'd love to. I was thinking maybe we could go see a movie or we could, I don't know, sit in the park, eat Chipotle and listen to uh, a kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast by the name of Respawning Fire. I've heard great things about them and I've heard that they play really fun interactive games on the show called Game on Game Show that you know we could play along and get, like, do, try to like sneak it into conversation and convince mm. your friends. And here's what we'll do in return. If you can prove, if you can find a way to prove that you guerrilla marketed this to somebody... Either like stealthily record it or or get them to provide testimonial to us in some way on Twitter. 
We will guerrilla market whatever you want, as long as it's appropriate, on this podcast to our listeners. So if you sell Ooh, I like, that. like wrinkly dildos, whatever it might be, <laughs> immediately, as I say, if it's appropriate, and I go to wrinkly dildos, whatever it is that you want us to guerrilla market in return, that's what we'll do. I like that. Just slip it in. It's like, oh, man, you know what I really love? 3D printing by Smitty. I've got a thing over. It's fantastic. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Just do that with our podcast and then we'll do it for you. I like it. Regardless of whatever your thing is. Be like, oh, all I do is, um, you know, all I do is tweet about uh, Ted Lasso. I'm like, you know, we'll bring up tweeting about Ted Lasso yeah. on the show. You know, it'll be fun. Have you have you heard there's this like this person that's really popular on Twitter. I can't remember their name, but they tweet just about that great Emmy Award winning and nominated and uh, amazing show Ted Lasso. It's on its second season in Apple TV Plus. Oh, of course, the famous Twitter account about Ted Lasso. Exactly. That Twitter I can't I, I follow them all the time because it's just excellent content all the time. See, that's the kind of good thing that you can expect if you guerrilla market our shit. There you go. All right, like that's it. it. Uh, again, go play Quantum Break in like two weeks. We're going to have another poll up for Barf for March. So keep an eye out for that. And we will um, we'll do that. That's it, everybody. I'm Chad. We also have Adam here, as usual. He doesn't get enough thanks because I don't thank him. But thanks for, thanks for just like coming 100% full prepared, being a good dude, showing up, man. Boy, thank Tell you. you what. I appreciate it very much. I invite, I invite Bruce Willis to the show every week. He never, never comes on the show. I've sent him email after email, and the dude never fucking responds. But you're here every week, and that's what, you're better than Bruce Willis. I can say that. I'm not hard to work with like that man is. Yeah. Um. So thanks. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> Until next time, Thank you. here's our usual sign-off. Bruce Willis, please be on our show. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Have you actually have no. you actually tried to invite Bruce Willis? No, but I feel like now I have to. <laughs>